Hello there, welcome back to episode two of IPV and Me. Hope you've all had a great week. Um, we've just come through a bit of a heat wave here in New York over the weekend. Um, I pretty much just sat outside the whole entire weekend just reading. Um, I started reading uh, Solis, uh, The Case Against R. Kelly. Um, that book, I think it came out last year sometime. Um, I'm really, really loving it. I watched the documentary series when it came out on Netflix. Um, it is really emotional. Um, obviously, it depicts um, abuse and, you know, abuse of minors as well. And it is really, really powerful, just as powerful as the documentary. So I recommend you check that out if you're looking for a new read. Um, I've pretty much been binging Real Housewives of Beverly Hills um, about midway through season 10. So I'm almost caught up. Um, I'm a huge Real Housewives fan. I started watching it maybe say about a year and a half ago I'm obsessed with it um so Beverly Hills is my newest binge I think I only started watching I'd already watched like up to maybe season four and then like about not even two weeks ago I started watching it again um and I'm already almost through season 10 so like I can't stop watching it I despise Kyle love Denise Denise just came into it last season um and I'm hating how they're treating her this season so um if any of you are Real Housewives fans, um, get on to me because I love discussing it. Love the drama. Love reality TV. Love, love, love the drama. Um, I saw that season three of Master of Love came out on Friday. Finally. Um, I've watched probably season one and two. I've probably watched about a million times. Um, but I, when I saw season three came out, I started it again from season one because I just, any excuse to watch it, I just love it so much. Um really excited about the friends reunion two more days i cannot wait um so when i watch that then i'm going to finally watch mirror of east town i've been holding back because um i like to binge watch things so i wanted to kind of start wait until it came out but it's been so hard because i love those type of shows first of all and second of all kate winslet like i adore her so the fact that she's in uh that kind of show i'm very excited about so i can't wait to binge that um, I just watched, um, I don't know if you saw during the week, um, Fabio D'Andre released a really powerful video in support of Women's Aid. It stars Mel B from the Spice Girls, my favourite Spice Girl. Um, I'll leave the link to the YouTube in the episode bio. Um, it's about four minutes long and it's so, so powerful. Such a powerful depiction of abuse and it's really, really well done. Um, check it out, but just be warned that it is very graphic um so today i just want to talk a little bit more about my own personal experiences with um abuse intimate partner violence um and just wanted to discuss some of the common traits uh tactics of abusers um and how i dealt with it at the time um I actually firstly really want to read this paragraph from a book that I just recently read. Um, the book is No Visible Bruises, What We Don't Know About Domestic Violence Can Kill Us by Rachel Louise Snyder. It's an amazing book. I 
got it about a month ago and I just it took me the whole month to read it just because there's so much detail in it so many statistics like she researched this book so well she's a journalist um anyway but her research that she did was just amazing and it covers all aspects um of abuse and it goes into like you know the court system she talks to police she talks to victims themselves abusers she talks to the families of abusers families of victims um it's really really good but i just wanted to read this paragraph um because i found it really uh informative and it i feel like it describes really really well um the kind of process of abuse and abusers and you know why people don't leave and um and how it starts and ends and all of that so um i'm just going to read this right now to you what we might conjure if anything at all is a punch someone we're dating one punch and we'd be gone but that's not how it happens it evolves over time a partner who might not like your makeup or a suggestive outfit Maybe he'll say it's for your own protection. Then a few months later, maybe he yells a little louder than you've heard before. Maybe he throws something, a fork, a chair, a plate. Then in between weeks and months of some good times and some not so good times, you might hear how he knows men look at you. He sees other men looking at you. You might even feel complimented by this. But then maybe he follows it up with the request that you stay home with him a little more. Maybe this too is for your protection. And that one friend you have, the loud one, he knows she doesn't like him. And before you even realise it's happening, that friend's falling away from your life. Then a couple of years in, he loses his job, comes home in a mood, pushes you into a wall. And you know that's not him, not really. You've been with him a while now. Anyone would feel bad losing a job. And he apologised, right? Seemed truly remorseful. And then the next month, it's a slap. A backhanded shove, another thrown plate... But neither the control nor the abuse tend to come at once, lit up like a punch. They leak out slowly over time like radon. So I just thought that was a really powerful paragraph and a really good depiction of the escalation of abuse. Um, so definitely check that book out. Um, again, I will leave a link to it in the episode bio. A really, really important book. Um, so there are many many different types of abuse it's not just physical um i think most people will just think of an abusive relationship as strictly physical but that is not always the case um there's so many different forms um it can be physical emotional sexual mental verbal psychological financial cultural identity immigration narcissistic so many so many different types um I often ask myself now if I had known the red flags beforehand, would my story have been different? Um, so I just want to list some common red flags, types of abuse, tactics, traits, things like that. Um, things to look out for. These don't happen in every situation, but they happen in majority of situations. Um, and I'm just going to go through them right now. So. Um, I mentioned in the previous episode, love bombing. Um, again, it's like your Prince Charming coming to life. Uh, he does everything for you, showers you with love and attention and affection. Um, 
then starts the gaslighting. Um, gaslighting is to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. And again, I'll delve further into that in a future episode because that's something uh, that's really important to know about. Um, You can never do anything right in their eyes. Even when you do everything perfectly, even when you say the right things, do the right things, you somehow always end up being criticised in the wrong. Um, They will isolate you from family and friends. Um, They'll convince you that they're the only person who cares about you. Um, it may even escalate further to where they don't allow you to text or call anybody without their supervision. Um, and like I say always, you know, if you're experiencing abuse, but you're isolated from the people close to you, then you don't have anybody that's going to tell you what you're experiencing is wrong. Um, they'll insult you, put you down, um, they can do this in private or they can like subtly do it in front of others to demean and degrade you. Um, it can also be used as a tactic to put down your thoughts and opinions as well as your appearance. Uh, they believe that they are the only person whose thoughts and beliefs matter. So anyone who goes against them has to be wrong. But instead of having valid arguments, valid facts to back up their opinions, they'll resort to name calling and insults because um, they don't really they just know that they're they're right they believe that they're right so if you argue their opinion um, they don't really have any any way to back it up so they're just going to like be childish and just name call you you know um, they tend to have an idealised self image they consider themselves to be above everyone else they think they're more important more attractive smarter than everyone else um, and anyone who challenges them is wrong. Um, they tend to be grandiose, um, which, you know, mean this they have fantasies of success, of power, of wealth. And they may even act out these fantasies as if they are actually happening. Um, I think we all have like, you know, daydreams and like, you know, thoughts where we're just kind of imagining ourselves as like, you know, the things that we would really want in life um, and just kind of playing them out in in our heads, you know? I think everybody has that. You know, it's like that kid that dreams of being a pop star and, like, sings in front of the mirror with a hairbrush. Um, An example of my ex, this story, it's like... I even feel cringy even telling the story, to be honest. But, um, so he had an obsession with WWE, Um, and in particular at the time with the wrestler CM Punk and every time he was drunk he used to play uh, this guy's intro music you know the music that they play as they walk into the ring Um, and he used to act out the intro like so he used to like play the music and then pretend like he was walking into the ring as him and he would do all the moves and oh my god it used to it used to make me cringe with secondhand embarrassment like even now I'm telling it and I'm picturing it and I'm just like oh my god but yeah they just have this like grandiose sense of themselves like they just they it's not like how a normal person would have like a dream you know it's on like another level completely um excuse me uh so they never claim responsibility for themselves they will find ways to blame everyone 
both themselves. They think they are too perfect to be held responsible for anything. How could they possibly make mistakes when everything they do is flawless? Um, they will control your finances. Um, things like watching everything you spend, controlling how much you spend on even basics like food. Um, they may take your money, make you pay for bills, take credit cards out in your name without your consent, um, things like that. Um, and obviously this makes it more difficult then for you to leave because if you don't have any money, where can you go? Um, Again, financial abuse is something that I want to dedicate a single episode to. That was a huge part of my um, abuse and I just want to like talk a lot more about it uh, in a future episode. Um, an abuser will tends to uh, lack sympathy and empathy for others. Um, if you're going through something such as like a death in the family, they'll just have no sympathy whatsoever. Um, they don't like it when your emotions are focused on anything but them. I remember um, my grandfather passed away. Um, I was with my abuser in New York and he, my grandfather, father was in Ireland and um you know he's someone I was very very close to um and it was really really difficult especially because I couldn't fly home for it um and he just had no sympathy whatsoever um I remember he like tried to comfort me just when I got the news um but it was very much like false I could tell it was like acted out you know um and I remember, uh, so they had this like camera set up in the church. So I was able to watch the funeral online. And obviously there's a time difference. So it was something like 5 a.m. And I got up to watch it and it, it just devastated because, you know, you're not there. And then, you know, that makes it just even harder. And I remember it was a few hours later and he got up and he didn't even ask me about it. And he was like blaring music and things like that and just like couldn't understand I was like can you just put your headphones in like I just don't want to listen to music today and he just got so upset about it like he just couldn't he just had no empathy for me like whatsoever and it was really it made a difficult time even more difficult to know that you don't have anybody there to comfort and sympathize with you you know um <coughs> excuse me so they're very sensitive to the slightest criticism. They'll react aggressively to any single bit of criticism because they believe themselves to be perfect. Even if it's constructive criticism, they just will not accept it. Um, they may prevent you from working or educating yourself. Um, they just don't want you to better yourself. They don't want you to have freedom in any way. Um, I remember when I eventually got a job where, um, because the first job I got, I was just babysitting. So it was just me and a kid. So there was nothing really to be worried about. But I remember my next job that I got um, and I was working in a large environment. There was a lot of employees there. And I started to make friends and he just did not like it at all. And he was did everything he could to try and get me to to leave the job. Um, again, that's something I'll talk more about later. Um, they will destroy your property. They don't believe anything you own is of value at all. Um, they'll threaten to physically hurt you um, if you 
disagree with their requests, um, anything like that, it, just for no reason, really. Um, it's just another method of control. Um, but I will say never, even if they're not a physically, if they haven't been physically violent with you, never take threats of physical violence lightly. Um, because even if they haven't done it before, it is highly likely that they will. Um, it's sort of a gradual thing that happens. Um, it, you know, not all physically violent relationships are physically violent right away. A lot of them, you know, can just be mentally, emotionally abusive for even years before they put a hand on you. So just never take these threats lightly. Um, they may pressure you to have sex or do things sexually that you don't want to. Um, this is called sexual coercion. It's used to pressure you, guilt you, shame you. Um, and then they can also go the opposite way and take the intimacy away from you. So like, you know, they will reject you um, and just not want to be intimate with you at all or just use intimacy as control. So it's kind of something that they'll hold over you. Um, they'll consistently lie and exaggerate, um, they're constantly bragging about themselves. Like they'll distort stories to make themselves look better. Even if you were there for what happened, the story they're telling to somebody else, if you were there when, the, when what they're talking about took place, it doesn't matter. They'll still twist that story to make themselves look better. They constantly need to boost their own egos. Um, they also tend to have a lack of respect for rules in general. Um, they see themselves as superior. So like, why should they need to follow any rules? You know, they're different to everybody else. Um, they tend to be irresponsible with money, um, overspending, loving, love to show others that they have the best of everything. Um, it just it, it inflates their ego further by showing other people what they have. Again, they always want to be a step above everybody else. Um, they're highly manipulative. Um, they'll use their victims to fulfill their own agendas and fantasies. Um, they'll even revert back to the love bombing in the beginning that flash of who you thought that they used to be just to um you know get what they want um they'll guilt trip you and lie constantly um they hate seeing others doing better than themselves uh they perceive themselves again to be the only people who are special the only people who could achieve great things even when it's their own friends and family um they just can't have anybody else doing better than them they always have to one-up them all the time um, they're unreliable, can't be counted on to do anything. Um, they always have to be superior, always have to come out of a story looking like the good person. Um, they will engage in smear campaigns against you. Um, they'll twist things you've told them to other to other people to make you look bad. They'll tell lies about you. Um, they kind of enjoy the sympathy, I guess, that they get from people, you know, for having to like deal with you. Um, I know I heard that my ex um, had told people that we knew that I was um, drinking a lot and taking drugs and like just complete lies about me. Um, I didn't even have any friends at the time, so it was just like ridiculous. Um, they're really two-faced. They will talk horribly about friends behind their backs. Um, if someone is praising the person, they have to talk down about that person that they are praising because they don't like anybody to be praised apart from them. They are the superior ones always. Um, that's another thing I remember about my abuser was that he would constantly 
constantly talk absolute trash about his friends behind their backs. Um, didn't even matter who he was talking to about them. Um, he just hated any little bit of success that they had, even if what they weren't doing anything in particular, just living their lives. Like they would always find a way like, oh, like um, his house is like, um, disgusting or like I hate the clothes you wear just even the stupidest things like that you know um, they will blame their lack of success on others um, you know their lack of achievements couldn't possibly be their fault because they're perfect so it would have to be the fault of somebody else um, they tend to have one face in public and another face in private um, you know they always want to be seen as the nice guy the funny guy the down-to-earth guy the smart guy even to strangers it doesn't even need to be to people that he knows um they will never show their awful behaviors at home out in public um they have a deep need for admiration and attention to feed their ego um they'll try and turn other people against you they'll lie about you um they'll use sleep deprivation tactics um it's a more sleep deprivation is a more subtle form of abuse um but you know can you imagine like not being able to sleep because you know someone is making loud noises blaring music um things like that my ex used to um he would come home and like blare music while I was a bit and I used to get up at 5am for work and he would come in and like flip the light switch on and off really fast um he would like jump on me in the bed like shake me awake um and then it also puts you in a more vulnerable position to be abused because the effects of a lack of sleep on you I mean if I think we've all gone through a lack of sleep um it's probably at several points in our lives um but if you can imagine this every single night you're not your sleep is constantly being disturbed it has a huge toll on you um physically and mentally um they're incapable of comprehending the negative emotions that they cause if you try to explain to an abuser that what they're doing to you is abuse they will completely shut down they won't accept it at all um i used to actually record my abuser when he was drunk um and he would literally like put his hands over his ears and say no 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 that's not me that's not me that's not me just like complete denial even when the the physical evidence was there he would just ignore it could not accept that that was him um they have no concern for your safety. They'll put you in dangerous situations without any concern for you. Um, I remember my abuser, this is kind of right before I left. And again, I'll delve further into this story, but he had wanted me to view an apartment at nine o'clock at night by myself with a male landlord that neither of us had met. Um, so things like that, just an absolute no concern for you. Um, they'll physically harm you um obviously any any form of someone physically putting their hands on you in a harmful way is physical abuse it doesn't have to be a punch or a kick to be physical um this is something i found really hard to accept for years and years and probably honestly have only really accepted it i would say in the last year um you know i thought my um abuse wasn't like violent enough to be considered physical um and you know it didn't really help that other people in my life thought the same again you know i want to dedicate a whole episode just to this so i will talk 
further about that because I have a lot to say on that topic. Um, and then just some other traits, um, just extreme arrogance, vindictiveness, um, assertion of authority, no accountability, passive aggressive, um, the silent treatment, triangulation, guilt tripping and pity play. Um, abusers also tend to romanticize their abuse. Um, so they'll say things like, oh, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love you so much. Um, I'd do anything for you. I'd die for you. I'd kill myself for you. Um, my ex always used to say I would slip my wrists right now for you. Um, just always like really, really violent uh kind of words that they would use um so yeah um there are just some of the traits and tactics used um you'll see that there are quite a common um list of things that tend to happen um so yeah so i wanted to talk a bit more about my own experience with these traits and my own abuse um I today kind of want to speak a little more about more so emotional and mental abuse um again I want to keep like the physical and like financial aspect for a future episode because I have so much to say on it um so yeah um looking back now I would say you know uh, like I would consider, you know, the abuse didn't really start until we had moved to New York. But like when I look back, I do see now the first year of our relationships that some cracks had actually shown through on occasion, um, particularly in the last few months before we had moved to New York. Um, I remember one time he came home drunk and he started like comparing me to his ex like in a really negative way, just out of nowhere. And he was calling me names. Um, and I kind of, I didn't even really get upset at the time. I just kind of was like, okay, what the hell was he drinking tonight? Um, and, um, you know, I let him have it in the morning and he apologized profusely. And he said, um, I think it was the vodka. He said he had drunk, which he normally doesn't drink and it doesn't agree with him. And I kind of went along with it because I remembered an occasion where a friend of mine, naming no names, um, we were on a holiday together and she had vodka and she normally doesn't drink it. And it kind of makes her a little bit aggressive. And she got very aggressive that night with me. <laughs> we laugh about it now, but uh, so I kind of, you know, that was like another reason for me accepting it because I had seen that in, in other people um, so I didn't really have any second thoughts about it um, another thing was we had planned on going on a vacation together um, just like a few days away in the sun um, and I was really excited about it because I used to go on vacation every year um, but then at this point I hadn't been working for a long time I was in the middle of the recession so hadn't gone on any vacations and I was finally kind of in a position where I could um, and I was about to book it so um, you know we were doing like one of those last minute kind of week before package holiday things and I was about to book it obviously text him to confirm the dates and everything and then just out of nowhere he told me he couldn't go because he couldn't afford it um, and I remember I was devastated but I just didn't show it um, and I remember my friend calling me, asking me if I had booked it yet. And I told her and she was so outraged that he would let me down like that. But I kind of just kept making excuses for him. Um, 
We had at one point um, planned to move to London. That was like our original plan before we ended up in New York. Um, and our really close friends, um, our friends, which how we met in the first place is because they... Um, they were a couple um, and they'd lived there already for a few years um, you know like I mentioned the co- economy was really bad in Ireland so it kind of made sense um, and I was excited about it um, the plans were kind of in motion but nothing really official and I remember just one day my friend calling me and saying that her and her boyfriend had gotten the opportunity to go to Australia for a year to work. Um, obviously, I was disappointed knowing that like we were going to move there and they weren't going to be there because that was a huge part of us going was the fact that oh, we're already going to have friend group established there. Um, but I was really happy for them. You know, I mean, how could you pass up an opportunity like that? Like, how many more chances are you going to get to move to Australia for a year? Um, but my ex was raging. He was so angry. He called them every name under the sun, obviously to me, not to them. Um, and I remember just, I couldn't understand why he was so angry. Like, you know, like I said, you know, yeah, of course it's nice to already have a friend group established when you're moving somewhere, but like surely we were moving there for ourselves and not just for them. Um, and then he ended up calling them and he just put all of the blame on me he said that I was really upset and really angry with them for leaving and then my friend called me obviously really upset that I would say those things about her and I hadn't even said anything um and then kind of what made it worse was we had planned a weekend there um to visit them I think it was like right before Christmas and I ended up cancelling that trip just because I realised okay I don't have as much money as I thought I did just sure coincidence but it kind of made it look like it was because I was upset with them even though I told them that it wasn't um so again that's just another one of those things like trying to make you look bad in front of other people but they always have to appear like the saint and the nice person and the good guy um i'd also begun to notice around this time that whenever we would go out for drinks we had like one mutual friend um that we would see all the time and he usually would go out with us um but like my ex he was always either he if he wasn't at the bar he was outside smoking or he was just talking to random people and you know i would never really be spending any time with him because he was always jumping from one place to the other so me and our mutual friend would just always be together which was fine because we always had a great time together we got along amazingly but it just always made me think like would this be happening if our friend wasn't there like would he just be leaving me alone while he socialized with everybody else in the bar but me and again that was kind of confirmed to me um we went to a concert um one night and we were staying overnight in this gorgeous hotel and we went back there to the hotel bar after the show and he proceeded to leave me completely by myself all night and got absolutely wasted um apparently you know talking to complete strangers was more important than me being by myself in a bar uh where i didn't know anybody um And, you know, as any girl knows, like, if you're sitting in a busy bar by yourself, you are a magnet for drunk guys, magnet for them. And, like, I'm already pretty socially awkward anyway if I'm in, um, if I'm not in a comfortable situation. So, like, it was just absolute agony for me. Um, Eventually, like, a couple hours later, I managed to get him upstairs to our room. 
and he just completely passed out so yeah so there were definite warning signs um particularly his problem with alcohol um and wanting to like please and impress complete strangers all the time these are all classic signs of a narcissist um and the very beginnings of the horror i was about to face for the next four years to make a long story short we abandoned our plans to move to London for a while um, and we decided we would go instead to New York uh, where he had grown up for the summer and then move to London when the summer was over Uh, safe to say it didn't quite go to plan Um, it's been nine years now and I'm still here but you know I'm very happily here Um, so I won't delve too deeply into that time it's not really that relevant anymore but I will say that it all happened extremely fast um I had kind of like panicked and wanted to wait for another year so that I could save money obviously New York's a very expensive city um I didn't have very much money at the time due to not having worked for quite a while as I mentioned, we were going through a particularly rough recession at the time um, and I knew I wouldn't be able to work legally in New York, so I would only be there on a tourist visa for the three months. Um, but he insisted it was now or never and that, you know, he was going to go either way. Obviously, I didn't want to I didn't want him to leave me. Um, he said that he would take care of me. He had just sold his house, so he had quite a bit of money and he reassured me that it wouldn't be a problem. Um, you know, once we got to London and started earning money, things would be fine. Um, you know, I was very reluctant because I'd, you know, I moved out of home when I was 18. Um, I'd always been extremely um, independent. Uh, so, you know, it was hard for me to kind of make that decision. But, you know, I knew that I didn't want to be left behind. So I accepted. Um, you know, looking back on it, I really wasn't ready. And, you know, I was ex- essentially giving up my life for him. Um, so I had moved out of my apartment uh, a few weeks earlier and pretty much had been staying at his place. Um, the day before we were due to fly to New York, I had planned to stay at my mother's house for the day, spend time with my siblings, uh, my grandparents, other family members, see some of my friends. Um, unfortunately, I never got this opportunity. Um, instead, he insisted that I had to help him move out of his apartment for the day and move his furniture to his parents. I couldn't understand why he hadn't done this beforehand. I'd done it weeks before. Um, but he just did not want to stay with his parents for any amount of time. So he wanted to stay in his apartment for as long as possible. He reassured me it wouldn't take the whole day because he didn't have a lot of things and his parents lived close by. Meanwhile, you know, he had a lot of friends helping him out also. So he didn't even really necessarily need me there. I remember like I barely even carried anything for the whole day. I was pretty much dead weight because it was mostly like really heavy furniture and boxes and like I was useless. I mean if you see me I'm like a skinny little thing. I have no strength whatsoever. Um so it ended up taking the whole entire day as anybody who has moved apartments will know. It is a big job. So I didn't get to go 
to my mother's house until 9pm that night and I was flying to New York the next morning. Um, you know, various family members have been calling me all day, wondering when I was going to get there, um, you know, telling me they wanted to spend time with me. Um, it makes me really emotional now because, you know, as I'm saying it, I'm remembering like the guilt that I had and I still feel a lot of guilt about it because I know now that I'll never get that time back. Um, and especially with my grandfather, who I mentioned earlier, he passed away a few years later while I was in New York and I never got to see him again after that quick goodbye late that night. It was so it was such a quick time. I think I was there for maybe 20 minutes to half an hour. Um, and just, you know, looking back, like I really wish now that I just stood up for myself and just told him I was leaving to spend time with them because um, it's really not acceptable, you know, Um and you know he was angry every time I mentioned it that day that I wanted to leave he would just get angry at me and just guilt me into saying into staying and moving the things with him um you know say he would say that oh I helped you move your stuff no arguments and you won't do the same for me um and like now obviously I know that this was just another form of his abuse and control over me but you know knowing that it was him being controlling I still think I'll always carry the guilt of that day um I just can't really forgive myself for it um but there you go um so yeah we set off the next day I have zero memory of the airport I have zero memory of the flight um the only thing I remember next is just stepping into the airport in JFK and just the first major difference I noticed between New York and Ireland was the toilets they were so high off the ground and the water was like really really full it was like almost at the rim and then there was a huge gap in the door I don't know why this always stands out to me I don't know why but it's just something I'll always remember and it's so funny because whenever I have people visiting me here in New York now and they've never been here before they it's one of the first things they always mention too um and you know it's funny because when I return to Ireland now I actually get surprised at how low down the toilets are and how there's so little water in them you know when I see the they're just being a little bit of water I'm always like oh maybe the toilet's broken <laughs> like it's just so bizarre um I remember walking outside the airport to get a cab and I just remember all of the little yellow taxis being lined up. Um, this is kind of before Uber was really a thing. Um, and I remember looking out towards the horizon and I just saw this like hazy row of grey shadows like far in the distance. And I remember turning to my ex and saying, is that the city? I was just astonished. Like I was finally here. I had chills. I was like, wow, that is New York. Like, that's the University building. Like, it was just so crazy. Um, to see the skyline for the very first time, like, it's so iconic. Um, and even now, like, if I'm ever anywhere where I have a view of the skyline, I just always get chills and I'm always like, I can't believe that I live here. I get to live here. It's crazy. Um, so we got to the Lower East Side where we were staying with a friend and his girlfriend until we found our own place to stay. Uh, it was a really tiny apartment and it was extremely hot. Um, they also had two cats and this was the very first time I discovered I actually had a cat, al cat allergy. Um, I'd always had cats growing up in Ireland, but you know, in Ireland we mostly keep our cats outside in the countryside. Um, so I'd never had like, that much interaction with them in such an enclosed space so it was just very uncomfortable um and you know from the second we got to this apartment my ex just 
changed completely and as I said before I always say that I got on the plane with one person and landed with a completely different person that's exactly what it felt like um obviously I know now that he was always this person but this was the first time the cover slipped and he was showing me the cold like manipulative side of him um the couple that we were staying with worked both worked nights in the bar industry so you know just to kind of stay out of their way we would leave really early in the morning and then not come back until night time when we knew they were at work um obviously you're staying with people and I didn't know these people so you just want to give them space not be a nuisance um it was really exhausting um but you know we powered through um I think I would have found it easier to deal with um had we done some like tourist things or like explore the city but all my ex wanted to do was just sit at bars his excuse was so he could apply for jobs and he would say like you know um you know I need to stay and chat to these people because like they want to know your personality and all the rest of it but really like he just wanted to drink um and I just became so exhausted from sitting at bars he would completely ignore me and he would just talk to complete strangers, talk to the bartenders. I had zero interest in alcohol anymore because we spent so much time in bars. I'm not really a big drinker anyway, uh, but he just took all the enjoyment out of it. Um, I was tired from walking around all day. Um, this another thing about him is he would always walk extremely fast, like almost, almost had a run, like he was like speed walking constantly and he would never walk next to me. Like, and I'm talking like there would be a distance of at least half a block between us. I could just never keep up with him. As fast as I tried to walk, I just couldn't keep up with him. Um, and it's something like it always used to just annoy me. And he used to get really angry that I wouldn't walk as fast as him, but I just physically couldn't. Um, and it's something that I kind of didn't really think about too much after I left. But I remember I went out with a date with this guy a few years ago and uh we were just talking about like kind of old school like manners and things like that and he you know had said that his mom because I remember being like you know impressed that he like opened all the doors for me and just like things like that like I appreciate those kind of manners and people um and you know I remember him saying yeah that his mom always taught him and his brothers um to be um you know to treat women like that with respect and one of the things that he just happened to say was that um you know his mom said to always like walk next to the woman always walk at her pace um and I just remember being like wow and it just like reminded me so much of my ex and like those days where I was literally like training behind him trying to keep up um so it's just things like that that you don't really think of like you wouldn't necessarily consider that abuse but like all of these things are all a part of it you know there's no consideration for you whatsoever um so yeah um you know he would tell me continuously that we had no money to spend on doing tourist things um but you know he seemed to have plenty of money to buy drinks all day and night and then he would always leave like huge tips to bartenders um because again he just wanted to appear like the big shot the big guy you know um and he you know I just I was starting just to become really really drained and really upset and just kind of questioning my decision to move here um I remember our first Sunday in the city we'd probably been there for maybe five-ish days at this point um 
So our friend who we were staying with, um, he had told us to join him and his friends in this little um, Irish neighbourhood. In I won't name it now though. Um, I almost did there, but I'm not going to. But if you live in New York, you can probably guess which one of them it is. Um, so there was basically this big Irish football game that was on, um, which is always a great um, day out for us Irish people. Um, and he said that, you know, our friend said it was a great neighborhood for like anyone from Ireland who is just moving to the city. Um, it's a good place to get started in, to get to know people. And they tend to kind of favor Irish people for like things like apartments and like bar work and stuff like that. Um, so he told us he'd introduce us to some people there who might be able to help us get started. Um, and so he said he was going to meet us there. And we went for breakfast in the city first. Um, and I remember it's just been a really nice day, like just a really nice sunny Sunday morning. And we went to this little diner. I'm obsessed with diners anyway, so I loved being there. And I was so excited to eat. Like eating is like my favorite thing ever. And obviously when you're in a new country, one of your favorite things to do is just go for food, you know, checking out all the different things like that. So I remember our food coming and I remember taking a bite of it and it was so good and I was so excited and I swear I got about two bites in and my ex checked the time and he told us we have to get to Grand Central right now or we're going to miss the train. And I, I couldn't understand the panic because the trains are leaving every hour. The game wasn't on for another while. We're in the middle of eating and he made me leave my food behind and just ran to the station and then when we got there because we hadn't taken any trains from there so far and he was just flustered and panicking about which train to get he was getting so irate and I was getting more and more upset I remember just starting to cry because I just felt so shitty and then it only made him worse he was so cold to me um eventually he calmed down but I knew more so it was only because um, he wanted us to leave on time and not because he had any real kind of remorse or any need to make me feel better. Feel better. Um, when we got there, I just remember the bars just being packed. Everyone was Irish. Um, they were giving out free food. So I was kind of happy about it instantly because I was so freaking hungry and pissed that I had to leave my really good sandwich behind. Um, so I kind of started to feel more relaxed and um, comforted. Um, I hadn't really eaten that well for over a week. Um, and, you know, I just remember sitting on a spar stool by myself, just like eating the whole day. And I was so happy. <laughs> um, and then I went outside to get some air and I had free Wi-Fi. So I decided to call my mom because I hadn't spoke to her um, on the phone since I had left. And it was just so good to hear her voice. Um, I was really enjoying the conversation and just hearing from how people at home were doing. Um, and I was barely on the phone for a couple of minutes when my ex came outside and he said that he heard that his cousin drinks in the bar across the street and he wanted to go say hi because he hadn't seen him since he was a kid. Um, I, you know, my ex grew up in New York, so he had a lot of family and family friends still living there. Um, so I told him it was fine. I was like, I'll stay here in the phone and then I'll come over to him uh, when I was done. 
But then he came back not five minutes later saying, I had to come over. They're asking for me. And they were like making fun of him, saying that he was lying about my existence. Um, and I really didn't want it because I was like, I'm having a good conversation with my mom. Like, we're going to be here all day. We can talk to them whenever. I haven't spoken to my mom in a week. And God knows when I'm going to see her again. Not for another like three months at least. And then he got so angry. So I knew I'd better go just to keep him happy. So I could tell my mom was really disappointed because it was such a quick phone call, but I just went across the street. Um, and I remember walking to the bar and instantly I was really, really uncomfortable. It was like one of those bars where you know that it only really caters for like regulars um, and like anybody that comes in who they don't know, you get that instant kind of like they're wary of people that don't like belong there that they don't know. Um, and like there was probably two more females in there also. Um, they were all kind of older men and I was just so uncomfortable how they were looking me up and down. Like any woman will know that's listening to this, exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I had a tight dress on and I just was very aware and like conscious of my body being on display. Um, his cousin started kind of like making fun of me and he was like, looking me up and down he was like oh do a twirl for us and like you know obviously I was like fuck no um but he like grabbed my hand and like kind of forced me to do a twirl it was just so pathetic and embarrassing and then everyone was laughing and I looked at my ex and even he was laughing and I just like I just wanted to cry and just leave like I just felt so demeaned um eventually we left there and we met our mutual friend at another bar um at this point it was night time and everyone was really drunk um as i said i'm not really a big drinker myself and even more so at this point because i was so uncomfortable i just wanted to be wary of my surroundings um I just remember being really isolated and I just begged for us to leave and just go back to the city. Um, eventually he did. Um, and at this point he didn't want to get a train. So we got a cab, which was insanely expensive. Again, he was spending only money only when it suited him to spend it. Um, but this time I just didn't protest because I just wanted to get the hell out of there. Um, so yeah then you know that's just another example of like him just having no concern for me no concern for my feelings just not giving a damn about me at all um and you can imagine you know to me like this that kind of come out of nowhere like to me he was always this like perfect prince charming guy and then suddenly we're in a completely different country and he's like a different person just really cold-hearted um and just uncaring it was just Ugh, it was horrible um so after a few days there we kind of got the impression that our friend's girlfriend didn't want us in the apartment anymore so we decided to move on i just wanted to stay in a cheap hotel for a few days but he just wouldn't have it um but then a close family friend friend of his offered to have a stay on his couch um he shared an apartment with three other guys and i just felt like quite uncomfortable because you know it's like all these males here I was just outnumbered I was already feeling extremely excluded from my ex's life at this point um like he would just completely ignore me when anyone else was around and even when it was just us he was just very cold and critical um you know when you're going through an abusive relationship particularly in the in the early days you're like 
constantly waiting for the person that you fell for the love bombing guy to come back but he's never going to come back because he never existed in the first place um and it's really really hard to accept that this guy who you were crazy about and who seemed just as crazy about you is now being so cold and cruel to you um so yeah that was the very very early days and the very start of like the changes that had started to happen um eventually about a month or so later we found our own one one bedroom apartment um and i finally thought things were gonna get better but unfortunately things only escalated after this um he put a lot of pressure on me to get a job even though i was only on a tourist visa and the plan had never been for me to work you know all of a sudden the don't worry about the money i'll take care of you went out of the window um he complained constantly about having to take care of me um he had gotten work in a bar where he made really great money but he still complained constantly um eventually i got a babysitting job but he still wanted me to get another job i could never make enough money in his eyes because you know his mother had been a waitress when she lived in new york and she made a lot of money and he seemed to kind of only be satisfied if i went into that industry also because he assumed that because she made a lot of money i was going to make a lot of money even though like i had no experience as a waitress i'd never worked in that industry before and i wasn't legally able to work anyway and you know that made me really uncomfortable um I would kind of blame the stress of him having to pay for everything for his behavior but like there always seemed to be something to blame even when I started working I was making a little bit of money um you know he found out some major family drama about his parents from a family friend one night um he got fired from his first job really quickly um things like that you know all of these things I was always using as an excuse for his behavior it was always stress he's upset yada 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 um so you know he would work daytime at his first bar job he would start um when the bar is opened in the morning and then work till about 6 p.m um and he would often end up drinking after work and not telling me um and you know i always knew the exact time that he would get home every day even if he was five minutes late i knew it was because he was out drinking because he would always be home bang on time because he would get off the train the exact same time every day um and yeah this is where things kind of started to escalate a little more um he would come home and like throw things around my things usually um he would slap doors he would blare music uh, he would usually play like the same song over and over and over again like mental torture um he would call me horrific names the c word got thrown around constantly um he would like crack his neck and his knuckles to like physically like intimidate me he would like you know punch his face into his palms um and then he would like act like I was making him so angry that he had to take these like deep breaths to like calm himself down even though I would just be sitting there not saying anything um and then the next day he would just make excuses and say it wouldn't happen again but like he would never actually apologize for any of it um and then even though he would complain constantly about us having no money he was always buying 
expensive things like packages would show up all day every day and like most of them he wouldn't even open for days they would just sit stacked up in the corner and like clearly he just enjoyed the high of like the shopping like he just always wanted to be spending money um when I started working we had an agreement that he would pay for the rent and I would take care of the bills um he knew I was barely making enough to live on um but he still had to have the highest cable package the highest internet package the highest phone package the latest phone model the latest iphone or ipad um he always had to have the best of everything and like if i couldn't afford to pay for it one month and they would cut it off like the internet or cut off the cable he would yell at me but never offer to bring the package down to the lowest amount i mean we had like so many cable channels that like we didn't even watch he would just watch sports all the time and maybe i would throw the same like couple of channels on that was it but he had to have that and he had to have the high speed internet even though there's only two of us in the house um you know always just had to have the best of everything um i was always by myself um even when he was at home I would consider being by myself because all he ever wanted to do was watch sports, play video games and sleep. Um, He never wanted to do anything together. We never went on dates, never explored the city together. Um, I think the most we ever did was walk two blocks to the bodega on the corner every day where he would buy cigarettes and lottery tickets, always spending money. Um, But if I bought the smallest of things, even food, he would have an issue with it. so my dad passed away really suddenly when I was 11. Um, it was, you know, a very tragic situation. Uh, he was only 37. Um, he left behind me, my brother who was eight, and my mom was uh, six months pregnant with my sister. Obviously a very traumatic uh, thing that had happened to me. And obviously a story that he knew about um and I remember just one night he came home drunk and in the middle of him like doing the usual call calling me names and complaining um he just kind of stopped and he got this like really evil smirk on his face and he just went how is your dad and I can't even begin to explain how much of a shock that was to me it was like the epitome of evil. He was purposefully bringing up a clearly painful topic in such a nasty way just to upset me. I was just devastated. I cried for days after that. Um, you know, it had been, what, 15 more, more, 15 or more years since my dad had died. You know, I'd gone through the grieving process and accepted it and all that. All that was good. But it was just the fact that like you would say something like, how was your dad? Knowing that my dad has been dead for years just to hurt me. Like it was just, it was so hard to like accept that someone would actually do that to you. Um, And you know, since my dad passed away, obviously when I was very young I've always had a lot of anxiety about anything happening to like people close to me um you know I've always had a fear when like my mom or my siblings were outside of the house um that they would never come back again because you know that's what happened with my dad he just left one day and never came back again um 
and I just wouldn't be able to relax to the room and I still have that now um and it's something that I, I've never really told people about. Um, I want to tell people if they're very close to me. Even a lot of people that are close to me kind of don't really know about that. Um, but I had told him about it a long time before that. And safe to say, he used it against me. Um, you know, he would not show up after work. But he would not answer my calls, not answer my texts. And like, I would be out of my mind with worry I would always think the worst. Like I'd always think something bad happens. Um, and then it would be the middle of the night. He still wouldn't be home. And I would just get random like texts for him throughout the night saying things like help me or I'm scared. And like he was just completely fucking with my head. Um, and then like he wouldn't show up until sometime the next morning, come in the door, no explanation. And he would somehow always find a way to turn around on me. Um, I never like suspected that he was cheating on me or anything it's just nothing really that came to my mind but like you know I still to this day don't know if he was or not Um, but like I always kind of hoped that he would cheat on me back then because um, you know and that you know obviously that I would find out because to me that would be an excuse to leave him and like that'll tell you just how unaware I was that I was being abused because you know I could validate being cheated on and leaving but I couldn't validate being abused like being abused didn't even enter my head as something that was happening to me um which seems so crazy but you know that's how kind of messed up they make your head um it was a common thing for him to use things that I had told him against me. Um, I remember telling him a few years before that an ex had once said to me that I was selfish and I'd only ever do something to please myself and I'd like never go out of my way for anyone. Um, even though I told him that years before, he repeated it back to me one night really randomly word for word saying that he agreed with what he had said and that to him then was like a validation of why I was such a bad person um you know they will just kind of find things that you say and like stack them up to kind of like use against you in the future um another thing one time you know he would just lie all the time but he told me one time um that he had gotten beaten up by a family member um while they were out together but then the next day I woke up and he had like no bruises anywhere on him and he just didn't mention it anymore um he threatened once to cripple my legs um he told me all the time he would slit his wrists for me you know his language was always very very violent um he was extremely racist he would say really disgusting things and then he would kind of try and validate it because he would say oh well my dad always said that my dad always said that like he always kind of idolized his dad um so it was very much a thing of like what he says goes and if he says that it must be true um, there was also a neighbour of ours who had Asperger's. Um, for some reason, this young man really, really bothers him. And he would just make fun of him to me all the time and speak like really angrily about him. Like he used to go on, um, this kid used to go on a walk like every day by himself. Um, and he used to like walk really, really fast, just like a really, really fast walker. And like, 
you know just minding his business just going for a walk every day and like every time he would see him walk past the window he would just get so angry like he, this guy just really bothered him for some reason um it was just really bizarre um he was always aware of how much money i had um when we moved into the apartment he made me buy a tv even though he knew i barely had enough money for it and that it was gonna leave me broke and then he knew exactly to the dollar how much of my money i had left after i bought the tv i remember as well being down to my last 20 dollars which he knew about and he would constantly bring it up um like i kind of wanted to keep it for an emergency just in my wallet just like if i ever needed a cab or anything like that but it was always on his mind until i spent it um i would buy groceries and he would never contribute but would eat all the food in probably the first 24 hours he was a total binge eater um and then like he would complain that i didn't buy the right foods the foods that he liked he only wanted foods that like he could you know throw in the microwave um whereas like i prefer to cook um i think it's like a common thing for people when they move to like a different country that the the change in diet is kind of hard to take um you know it took me probably a good year to for my stomach to kind of settle um so you know i like to kind of buy fresh food and like to cook because i was able to like handle it a lot better um and then like whenever i cooked he would always have a criticism about it for somebody that like his idea of cooking was throwing something in the microwave he was always criticizing my cooking you know next time do it this way or my mom makes it like this or you know he complained that the kitchen was a mess and he told me to clean up as i go instead of like you know me just like eating my food and then cleaning up after or you know him cleaning up considering he was uh not doing any of the cooking i remember even one time i was making a breakfast sandwich and i was like oh do you want ketchup on it or will i bring it out to you he was like oh just put it on yourself and um then he complained that uh i put too much ketchup on it and he couldn't eat it now and he threw it away um so just like things like that you know um friends that we had in common um had said for years that he was obsessed with money and these are like close friends of his um but i'd never really paid too much attention to it um and now it was like ringing true on a daily basis um i'm someone that like i've never really had a lot of money I've always had enough to like get by and like once I'm able to afford my rent, my bills, maybe vacations once a year, you know, nights out with friends, occasional shopping spree, like I'm happy. That's all I kind of need to get by. Um, So I could never understand his constant need to have more money, even though he was making a lot of money, but he was just hemorrhaging what he had. It was like he couldn't spend it fast enough um he would always spend a lot of money on my birthday and christmas presents but you know after a while i started to realize it wasn't to make me happy but it was rather for the praise and the glory that it would give him um and if he felt that i wasn't thankful enough for his gifts he would yell that i was ungrateful and didn't appreciate him um he would constantly mention the things he bought for me um to other people um which i found really embarrassing um i would get him gifts for his birthday that like i knew he would love them but you know they wouldn't be that expensive because i couldn't really afford anything more um and he would literally just like toss them aside because he considered them cheap and you know therefore i must not care enough about him 
you know, he'd never take me out on his, um, out on my birthday or even get me like a cake or anything like that. But then like he would complain if I didn't get him a cake. Um, and I remember one time um, for, it was just, yeah, it was for my birthday, but like he bought himself a new iPad and then he gave me his old iPad as my birthday present. Um, so just like, you know, if you're giving me something, if it costs like a dollar, but I know that it's something I like that you thought about and you're giving it to me because you wanted to get me something, that's perfect. But if you're spending like hundreds of dollars on me, but it's only to get the praise and the glory and the thanks for it and me bragging about it to other people, oh, look up my guy got me, then, you know, just don't even get me anything, you know? Um, he would spend so much money on alcohol, takeouts, we get takeouts every day, um, taxis when he could get the train, really expensive um, electronics. Um, he would buy, another thing that used to really bother me was like, so he would go to um, baseball games and there was this thing that they were doing, I think it was in the summertime, whatever the season is for baseball, I don't really know anything about sports. Um, but they would do this thing, I think it was like on Sundays or something. And if you went to the game, they would give out these like bobblehead things of the players. Um, and he like had this thing that he wanted to collect them. But like, you know, he would often, because of work, he would miss the games. Um, and then he would go on to eBay. Even though these were given out for free at the games, he would go to eBay and spend like $50, $60 to get the bobblehead that he had missed that week. Like ridiculous, ridiculous things like that. Um, and then like it just sits there and like, what? Like who cares? You know, who cares about that stuff? Um, so he would spend all his money on this stuff, but then he would get angry at me for buying food. Um, I remember I bought flour one day to make bread because I thought it would work out cheaper to make my own bread than to like buy it every couple of days and he was so angry about it like this is the time was was when we were well I was really broke anyway he had money but he was just spending it on crap and like I was living on toast literally that's all I was eating was toast and cups of tea and he was getting takeouts every single night and eating them in front of me and he used to eat like um, it was so bizarre because he used to, he pretty much never ate properly. Like he would, you know, maybe eat like snacks or things like that. And then in the evening time, he would just order like the really, really large pizzas that are made for like several people, not for one person. And then like he would pretty much eat the whole thing by himself and then he would leave it, leave it sitting out in the box overnight and then in the morning he'd eat like whatever was left over if there was anything left over like it was just disgusting and ridiculous um yeah so um let me see uh so I would go to the city um every Saturday for the day by myself once I started making a little bit more money um he would be at work for most of the day and into the evening um I would usually try and like make an excuse to be there I would say oh maybe I had a job interview or like I would say oh I'm just you know going to walk around Central Park and come back again um but what I really used to do is I would just pick a different neighborhood each time so I'd like hop on a random train get out at a random stop and just like explore it um 
I honestly had some of my best times uh, in those days but like I would always also get like really really sad and lonely because you know you see like groups of girls hanging out together or like couples having a great time together and I would just be like why can't we be like that you know and I would miss my group girlfriends um from home um I used to like stop in a different it could be a bar it could be a cafe and get myself like a drink some food um and I'd always always like buy myself a little treat too like sort of maybe like a new top or new shoes um and I'd always make sure that I was home a few hours before he was so that I could hide my purchases and my receipts um you know he would even say to me that going to the city once a week was a waste of a train ticket so I knew he'd be really pissed if he saw me buying anything even though it was my money um so yeah um this was a, a bit of a longer episode than I thought it was going to be um but I'm going to leave it there um I want to delve more into the financial aspect a little bit more in a future episode because you know it's something I think it gets overlooked a lot in abusive relationships and like it's a huge factor in victims not leaving their situations um and again you know I want to speak more about the physical aspect again in another episode so yeah um I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was of some kind of help to you um it's exhausting exhausting talking about these things um you know I'm very comfortable talking about this kind of stuff now but it still kind of drains you a little bit you know because it it does take you back into that headspace a little bit um and you tend to I find like when I'm telling those stories like which is why this episode ended up being a lot longer than I thought because I had a list of things I wanted to talk about but as I was saying it it was reminding me of other things and then I was saying it um so it's very tiring and also you know obviously it's very exhausting to listen to such a heavy subject matter and it can also be very triggering so you know if you're listening I would suggest you know when this episode ends just go and listen to some upbeat music get some fresh air maybe watch a tv show that you love um if you want to listen to a more light-hearted podcast i definitely suggest armchair expert um dak shepherd just i don't know what it is about the man but he's just one of those people that he always cheers me up um so that's just a little suggestion for you um once again if you need any help please reach out to the hotline.org or call 800-799-SAFE and you can always reach me at ipvme on instagram and twitter my dms are always open um i would really appreciate if you could rate the podcast spread the word if you like it um i'm so surprised i've had so many listeners already and you know i just want to thank you all so much um and to like everyone who knows me personally and has been reaching out to me with positive messages about this i can tell you how much this helps me your support is huge again i'm not really somebody who comfortably speaks in public um so to have people supporting me is really 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 special and really spurs me on to do what i'm really passionate about which is this um so yeah i will see you next week for a new episode um I'll speak a little bit more about my own stories and um, more so how I was, this was all affecting me mentally and physically through all this. So um, thank you and I will see you then.